You're listening to SoFloRadio.com. Just supposing. You need at least two starting pitchers. A couple of infielders. A couple of uh, heavy hitters. I mean, if you really want to be sure. What about the socks? Six, maybe seven, they'd go for it. I say you'd need at least 10,000 apiece. Of course. Who could put that kind of money together? I could. You go back to Boston and turn 70 grand at the drop of a hat. I find that hard to believe. You say you can find seven men on the best club that ever took the field willing to throw the World Series? I find that hard to believe. You never played for Charlie Comiskey. Summer back to town, baby. Good afternoon and welcome to the Groovathon. I am Tony C, and as always, joined by the master of production and engineering, the man who makes sure that our groove is satiny smooth. Buenos tardes, Los Georges. I don't have the microphone. I don't just to wear the granny glasses for effect, you know. Really? I actually use them. You are Gramps Master Flash. It's, it's not right. This is genuine. I, I, I come by, I'm honest. You too. Hey, look. That's a three-generation puppy right there. We love that action. Of course, every Groovathon is centered around an attitude of gratitude. Mucho mahalo to everybody tuning in live and downloading the show here in America and around the world, y'all. I know what's got a smile on your face today. The Whoa. United States curling champions. Oh, United States oh, fancy. Oh, where I, I ordered the T-shirts. Did you? I, I swear. Did you really? I hope it fits me. No, I'm making these things up. Oh, however, I was going to say if they are, that'd be great. However, <laughs> you know, I, I watched the the women's roller derby because again, my whole thing is I don't watch men play games, so I watch the <laughs> the, the, the and and they're friends of mine, so I feel an emotional attachment there. But I would I would go to a curling match. I think they're called. I yeah, you know, look, I can't believe we won, and I I I'll tell you something. This is like better than beating the uh, the Canadians at hockey. You know, I think this one really. This one's really gonna gonna take a bite out of the Maple Leaf, cause curling, you know, it's, curling on TV up there on like CBC and stuff like that. Their their channels up there, it's huge. It's fucking huge, dude. People watch curling up. They like it's a thing, you know. For for uh, us, well, it's quadrennial. I, I, I agree. It's qu- it's quite the thing. Yeah, but it's for for people like me and you. It's quadrennial. We we want every you four know. years we can we can get our gander up for something like that. You know, you can't drive three blocks in Hollywood without driving past a shuffleboard court. I know. So, that's, yeah. so it's it's not like we're not familiar with the concept. Oh, absolutely. Although curling, uh, but, but curling's like, cool as shit. Yeah, yeah, you call that shuffleboard? <laughs> Come on, let's take him to school, eh? Eh? That's it. Got a little back bacon out there. The boys of summer are back. I am psyched. It's baseball time again. I've been telling you. You know, you're not a sports fan, but the movie you should be watching is from that opening clip from Eight Men Out, which is a John Sayles movie about the uh, 
1919 scandal with the uh, the Chicago Black Sox. It's a great movie. I highly recommend it. We have got lots of stuff to get to today, and I may have a uh, some visitors later. We'll see how that is. This may be the special family edition of the Groovathon, but we have got much, much more to get to, including Ari and Leo managed to stop a bad man with a gun by taking him out to brunch. POTUS opts for a full round of 18 instead of even one of the 17 funerals he could have gone to. Quaker State Quacks beg SCOTUS not to let their gerrymandered goose get gandered. Uh, also, border agents get qualified immunity without clearly establishing what should qualify them for immunity from laws that are clearly established. Plus, spring training returns as Capone cracks his back. Carlin makes a comparison, and Damon recalls the joy of a little roller up along first base line. And a little later on, yeah, ambassadorships for all my friends. I am giving them away. There's plenty of seats to be filled, and I know who's got to fill them. Needless to say, all of that is going to be entombed within a sarcophagus of the finest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air, including a very special Dixie Dregs-oriented Groovathon drive groove, which I will get around to explaining later. It is just past 2 o'clock in the only Hollywood that matters anymore. Yeah, Hollywood, Florida, that is. That means it's just past 9 a.m. on the Big Island. Aloha to Gary and the rest of the high-elevation Ocean View crew. Just past 7 o'clock at night in Dublin, Lytham, St. Anne, and the rest of Western Europe. And just past 10 o'clock in Istanbul, Turkey, where Rebecca Celeste is keeping the Groove Crusade charging ahead in a land that is fast becoming Erdoganistan. That's what I'm going to start calling it now. Yo, Gramps, you primed for the pump? I am ready. Then saddle up and stick around. It's the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
dipped. Got me clipped to the hip of a honey hustling, hot heart bustling. Here comes my wife, hope I don't get busted. Listen at the girl, I'd like to get a chance. And yes, I have a taste for some spits. Slick daddy down, six pack of safety. I like to keep in mind I entered her safely. In, out, and away we go. Howdy, howdy, ho, as I rouse this. Oh, what this feeling is, I really don't know. Before it gets worse, I think I better go. I'm dreaming of you while I'm looking at you. I really don't think that's a good thing to do. You got me singing those O.E. blues. I get a kick out of you. I get a kick out of you. I get a kick. I get a kick out of you. I get a kick. I wore the Jimmy hat to make sure I'm strapped. Cause you know I'm not going out like that. Getting with you and I barely even know you One might say I'm nothing but a hoe, huh? But I know this, one simple kiss Could blow me away and I don't want that Now I'm fixed on your love at first sight But this ain't gonna be a dog-eat-dog night Take away my life for just getting laid While well, I'd rather stay young and keep getting paid Took me to a crib and when we got there Now I'm saying to myself, oh lord, yeah I looked her in her face and then she looked me in mine And I was feeling kind of horny, she was looking fine I said, baby doll, I wanna get close to you Because that's what a man is supposed to do And I'll be hugging and squeezing and holding you You know why? Because I get a kick out of you I get a kick out of you I get a kick I get a kick out of you I get a kick I get a kick
to talk a little bit about baseball and football. Starting with baseball. Baseball is different from any other sport in a lot of different little ways. For instance, in most sports, you score points or you score goals. In baseball, you score runs. In most sports, the ball or the object is put in play by the offensive team. In baseball, the defense puts the ball in play, and only the defensive team is allowed to touch the ball. In fact, in baseball, if an offensive player touches the ball intentionally, he's out. Also, most sports, the team is run by a coach. In baseball, the team is run by a manager. And only in baseball does the manager or the coach have to wear the same uniform the players do. Now, baseball and football are different from one another in other kind of interesting ways, I think. First of all, um, baseball is a 19th century pastoral game. Football is a 20th century technological struggle. <laughs> baseball is played on a diamond in a park. The baseball park. Football is played on a gridiron in a stadium. Sometimes called Soldier Field or War Memorial Stadium. <laughs> baseball begins in the spring, the season of new life. Football begins in the fall, when everything is dying. In football, you wear a helmet. In baseball, you wear a cap. Football is concerned with downs. What down is it? Baseball is concerned with ups. Who's up? Are you up? I'm not up. He's up. In football, the specialist comes in to kick. In baseball, the specialist comes in to relieve someone. In football, you receive a penalty. In baseball, you make an error. Whoops! Football has hitting, clipping, spearing, blocking, piling on, late hitting, unnecessary roughness, and personal fouls. Baseball has the sacrifice. <laughs> Football is played in any kind of weather. Rain, sleet, snow, hail, mud. Can't read the numbers on the field. Can't read the yard markers. Can't read the players' numbers. The struggle will continue. In baseball, if it rains, we don't come out to play. <laughs> I can't come out to play. It's raining out. Baseball has a seventh-inning stretch. Football has the two-minute warning. <laughs> Baseball has no time limit. We don't know when it's going to end. We might have extra innings. Football is rigidly timed, and it will end even if we have to go to sudden death. In baseball, during the game in the stands, there's kind of a picnic feeling. Emotions may run high or low, but there's not that much unpleasantness. In football, in the stands during the game, you can be sure that at least 27 times you were perfectly capable of taking the life of a fellow human being. Preferably a stranger. And finally, the objectives of the two games are totally different. In football, the object is for the quarterback, otherwise known as the field general, 
to be on target with his aerial assault, riddling the defense by hitting his receivers with deadly accuracy in spite of the blitz, even if he has to use the shotgun. With short bullet passes and long bombs, he marches his troops into enemy territory, balancing this aerial assault with a sustained ground attack which punches holes in the forward wall of the enemy's defensive line. In baseball, the object is to go home. And to be safe. I hope I'll be safe at home. Safe at home. Come on!
Gonna do too. That's a 45 he came out with in 2013. Shout out to my friend Moira, who's up there shooting a television show. She's shooting a uh, a pilot for her own show. She's been writing for a whole bunch of other shows. An old friend of mine. Before that, Irma Thomas, don't mess with my man. Her first 45, it came out in 1959. She's known as the Queen of New Orleans Soul. So she's been around for a long time. Before that, Clutch Sucker for the Witch from Psychic Warfare came out in 2015. That's like their, I don't know, their 10th, 11th album, something like that. They had a lot of albums out before that. George Carlin, yeah, baseball versus football. We can't get enough of George. You know, there's there's literally not enough George Carlin to satiate us at this point. He was taken to, from us too soon. He was. I actually partied with him. He used to he used to hang out if you, uh, he had his own TV show for a little right. while. Yeah, yeah, I remember okay? that. And it took Bobcat place, Goldthwait was on it. Right, and it took place at a bar. And he hmm. lived in an apartment above the bar. Right. That is Cannon's Bar, the 108th and Broadway. Um, the entire thing is modeled after that. And he used to come down there. That's his neighborhood. And that was our neighborhood bar. He used to come in there and hang out with us and get whacked with me and Eddie Highland and a whole bunch of other people. Before that, the Rattles, the Witch. 1970, those guys out of Hamburg, Germany. Before that, nice mix. We had Jungle Brothers, JB's coming through the, from uh, down, done by the forces of nature which was mixed by a guy named DJ Red Alert. He used to do a lot of uh, stuff on uh, Kiss FM. He's still on, I think, these days on BLS. But uh, he used to do, he used to be able to buy one-of-a-kind cassettes from him. He used to do uh, after-hours mixing at a place called Long Valley up on 200th Street. This is back in the uh, the late 80s. And you could go to him in the middle of, uh, you know, like 5 in the morning and, and ask to buy a cassette. He would make a cassette right off the board, and he would ask, is there anything in particular you want to make sure I have in there? And you could say, I want James Brown or P-Funk or something like that, and then you would buy it. And he sold 60-minute cassettes for 20 bucks a pop. Oh, very nice. And, yeah, so I've got one of the originals kicking it off the cult, The Witch, from the Cool World soundtrack. That movie came out in 92. Great soundtrack, by the way, in case you haven't heard it. Some fabulous – who's on it? Uh, My Life with Thrill Kill Cult. 
David Bowie, Thompson Twins are on that. Brian Eno is on that. It was actually a moderately cool. That was like the first kind of cool movie that, you know, it was like the next step from Ralph Bakshi and, uh, you know, Fritz the Cat and stuff like that, but with much, much cooler music. Yeah, first time ever joined in the studio with somebody. I've got the family. This is the family show. My cousin Steve. He'll have to stick his hand sitting out. Like, yeah, stick your hand. Just go like the There you, you go. go. So Steve's over here. Say hello, loud. Hello. There you go. That's my cousin Steve. He's in town. Finished off his round of golf today. Ninety-two, huh? Shot a ninety-two. Did you? Oh, I thought that, I thought that, that's how old he was. And like, well, he, I know. Doesn't look a day over eighty. I know. I know. God, you're harsh. I know. He's got the uh, lumberjack thing. We've been discussing this. The uh, the lumberjack. The axe. I know, absolutely. So what caught my <laughs> eye this week? Here's one that absolutely brings a smile to Steve's face. Lions kill and eat suspected poacher, leaving only. Quote, his head and some remains. Probably like the giblets in the entrails. Karma. You know, like, eh, Karma. Yeah. We love that action. Jeffrey Loria takes one last dump on Miami. I was talking about this um, a while ago when they when uh, Jeter and those guys first bought the team. For one thing, Forbes magazine had estimated the value at like $625 million. That was it. And mm-hmm. I was saying that these days, you know, the new toy – for um, the super rich, the sports franchises. Actually, it was sports franchises. Now it's actually congressional seats. How much yeah, would it well, cost me to buy my way into Congress? They have a set of trading cards. Well, we've got a few of those people coming up later who literally bought their way in and, and didn't realize that people are going to basically you know, try and find every little thing they've ever done. This is why good people don't run for Congress anymore because no matter what they've done in the past – Somebody's mm-hmm. going to dig it up, and if they've been perfectly good in the past, somebody's going to make something up. This is what's happened. Jeffrey Loria takes one last dump on Miami. When Miami agreed to uh, pay the majority of the cost for Loria's impossibly expensive stadium, and it's a nice stadium. Uh, have you ever been there? Have you been to Marlins Stadium yet? I can't think No, it negative, no. It's actually – the only thing that sucks – is this thing what right? was what was the last concert there? What concert? <laughs> I have no idea. It was no. probably after a baseball game. Okay, you know, the, I don't know. Did the Grateful Dead like you know come and play there again? Can't these guys die already? Can't I, you know? Didn't they? I thought Jerry they're still. It's like dead. dead and company now ah, that, that are touring I see. around. You know, the old thing is that what did the uh, Grateful um, Dead fans say when he stopped using drugs? Oh, wow, man, this band really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, there was a clause in the contract that included. Um, the entitlement of the city of Miami to a portion of the profits from Loria if he sold the team within 10 years of the agreement. Now, the agreement was signed when they built the stadium. Okay? Now, Loria bought the team for $158 million in 2002. He sold it to Jeter et al. for $1.2 billion, which is roughly twice what Forbes estimated the actual value to be. This just goes to show that people have too much bloody... There's, what is it? There's too many self-indulgent winnings with too much bloody money. That's it. The line yes, from, from going in 60 seconds. It, it, seriously, these people are buying. Everybody wants you know, I've got an extra billion laying around. Why not buy a sports franchise? That's what these people sure. are doing now. Well, apparently, okay, Miami's not going to get any of the money out of this. He's going to screw everybody. No. Yeah, I know. I'm shocked. Shocked, I say. Um, he's going to be able to deduct team debt, certain expenses, and taxes tied to the sale. And county officials and team executives were privately predicting that Loria wouldn't agree to give up any of his revenue. 
Loria is giving Miami-Dade County the grand sum of $0 in profit sharing from the $1.2 billion uh, sale of the Miami Marlins. So there you go. Once again, screwed to the wall by billionaires who like to buy sports franchises. This one I thought was interesting. People are taking Equifax to small claims court and winning. After, Good, over the hack. Yeah, over the hack. Now, the there was a ruling that said that people couldn't sue. And then that ruling was overturned. Yeah, good. San Francisco, I believe it was San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, as a city, tried to sue Equifax. You know, because they're San Francisco. Why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. You know, this is what they do. Um, and so there was a ruling against it, and then that ruling was overturned. And so people are suing. And basically, you don't, because there are so many suits and Equifax knows they're so wrong, what they're doing is they're buying people up nine grand here, ten grand here. People are just walking. You don't even have to go to court. You fill out the papers. Okay, mm-hmm. and they pay you off. Ta da! Yeah, so if you're right. looking for an extra, what, five, ten grand? Sue Equifax. So there All you right. go. I would, yeah, I know. I've, I've been thinking about it. It's a good money making scheme. Gibson Guitars, this one makes me sad. Gibson Guitar faces imminent bankruptcy after 116 years in business. Now, Gibson, um, you know, Les, the, the Gibson Les Paul, mm-hmm. which was obviously named after the great Les Paul, whom I have seen live. In concert, he used to play every Monday night down at uh, damn, it was someplace down in the village, and then he moved up to Iridium. Um, but you could go see like a living legend, Fat Tuesdays. That was it. it was Fat Tuesdays down on uh, Bleecker Street, and you could see a living legend every Monday night. You could go see Les Paul, the Les Paul, like the Les Paul. You could go see him. Um, there's been a decline in sales. Now one of the story guitar makers in history may be in serious trouble. Gibson Guitar is now falling on hard times. And softer guitar sales are just part of the picture. According to details surfacing this week, the company remains deluged in debt with desperate sell-offs to service a growing list of creditors. Um, ringing the scary alarm is Nashville Post is the Nashville Post who unearthed mountainous debt obligations and a worsening financial crisis. Um, there's a recent 16.6 million coupon payment. Uh, Gibson has to service uh, $375 million in senior secured notes, which are basically long-term uh, debt bond obligations that a company can buy um, to finance a company the way a municipality would finance a bond issuance in order to finance roads or whatever. They are under gobbledygook. One of the uh, on top of that, another $145 million in bank loans will come due immediately if those notes issued in 2013 are not refinanced by July 23rd. So keep an eye out for Gibson Guitars. Uh, unfortunately, one of the greats out there you know, may be going under. And you got to wonder because you know, I know Roger Sadowski and um, you know, Hart, uh, the people from Hartke Bases. I know these people, and you got to wonder – what they're going to do with their patents, their, the you know the mm-hmm. trademarks and patents that Gibson owns uh, still exist. And so when they go out of business, other guitar makers are going to snap them up. And I, I got to wonder if somebody, some billionaire, you know, why doesn't some billionaire come in and buy them? You know, mm-hmm. why don't you do, do that? Fuck the Marlins. Right. Fuck the Marlins. Gibson Guitars. That's global. That's historic. That matters. The Marlins don't matter. They got rid of Stanton. I mean, I honestly, I hope that both Stanton and Judge get season-ending injuries 
this year. Not career-ending. I just want the Yankees to go down in a ball of flames after paying all that money. That's what I want because I'm a Mets fan. So let me see uh, what else we got here. Oh, this one cracks me up. EPA Chief Pruitt flies first class. Why? Because passengers abuse him. He can't fly coach. So he has to fly first class because he doesn't want to hear it from, hold on, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the people he was sworn to serve. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. He's a public servant, yes? The the rabble? Are you speaking of the rabble? Yes. Yeah. He's just, he's sick and tired of hearing about what a douchebag he is. Mm -hmm. He's just sick and tired of it. I, of course, will never get sick and tired of talking about what a douchebag he is. But, you know, then again, I don't fly first class. So I guess I'll never run into him, nor will anybody else I know, because nobody I know flies first class. Wife of lawmaker, we, we were cracking up about this, wife of lawmaker who killed himself, loses election bid. The, uh, this is a guy from Kentucky who was, uh, let me see, he, uh, he basically uh, he killed himself last year after facing sexual assault allegations. Okay, this Kentucky, he sat in the uh, Kentucky legislature. Hey, he offed himself. Well, his wife decided to run for his empty seat. She lost. And uh, she said that the special election that ended up being ended up being a referendum of sorts on the Me Too movement. Mm. So let's uh, shout out to the ladies out there for, you know, making this piece of shit's widow <laughs> go down in flames. The one that I liked was a grand jury indicts Missouri governor who admitted affair. Now, this guy is a Rhodes Scholar, Navy SEAL, injured in Iraq, okay? But what he did was, apparently, before he was elected, he had an affair with some lady, mm-hmm. took pictures of her, yeah, okay? And then posted them somewhere. Now, it's illegal. Now, he said that she consented to the pictures. Mm-hmm. But it is illegal to send pictures, okay, or put pictures in a place where other people have access to them. So even if you if you put them on your computer and don't mm. even email them or post them, that right there is the illegal part because that means other people have access right. to those pictures. He okay. said – well, he said that she consented. And what the suit is the, – the lawsuit, which was brought like one month before the statute of limitations would have worn out on this, mm-hmm. okay, is that he illegally posted them. And so he won't comment on it at all. Mm-hmm. Now, he's only been governor for like a year. The other people that were part of his Navy SEAL contingent, okay, all came out when he was running for governor and spoke mm-hmm. out against him. Now, you don't hear that too often from Navy SEAL people. You know, it's an awful one. They're very – it's a team thing. They said that this guy was like not really a team player, always in it for himself, and they tried to warn people. And this is what you get. Password protected thumb drives. They have them. It's not on your computer. That's right. where you put the pictures. When the girls let you take pictures, you put it on your password protected thumb drive, and you put it on there, and you don't open up a big mouth that you have that, that that's what's on that thumb drive. Well, it looks like a thumb drive. What's on this thumb drive? They put it in your the computer. But that's they, how this whole thing came they can't up. Can't find it. They can't. It's password protected. So who knows what's on there? You go my tax documents. Get out of my thumb drive, nosy. Well, that's but, the whole thing. But that's how this. You know how this came up. Yep. Is because the lady that he had the affair with was married, and she, her husband, secretly taped her in a conversation, her saying yeah. that he had actually that it wasn't consensual, and that he had threatened to blackmail her if she told anybody about it. Now mm. the husband was secretly recording this; she didn't know about Lordy. it. Lordy, I thought my so life, that got my so that got out. Drama. Needless to say, they're divorced now. 
<laughs> okay, so that's how all this is coming down. He was literally arrested, and the governor of Missouri was arrested, taken to jail, and then bonded out. You know, he was, no, he was ROR'd. And he is allowed to travel. But this would be interesting. You know, this guy, and he, this is one of these douchebags, like the guy I was talking about mm-hmm. before who was running, you know, for the, for the Senate seat that's available. You know, that douchebag was like, I want dinner on the table at 6 o'clock when I come home, and I expect my daughters to do the same when they get married, even though he doesn't have daughters yet. He has no kids. But if he does, that's how he's going to raise them, you know? And uh, he was, uh, this guy, this guy is basically, what they're going to do now is have a, uh, a trial, and they may have to do another special election. He refuses to even talk about it publicly at all but he did call all of the members of the uh missouri state house he said they were acting like they were a bunch of third graders that's how mm. you get that's how you you know there's your more flies with with vinegar than honey mentality of these people so here's one you're gonna love this is one that uh we've been talking about for a while okay where is it uh gop congressional map gop doing all it can to keep Pennsylvania's gerrymandered congressional map. Now, we talked about this on the last show. Mm-hmm. They drew up the new map. We were talking about this. It, right. does, it no longer looks like a Rorschach test. Right? It no longer looks like you yes. took, like, what, entrails and no, threw them no, against no. the wall and just said, look at that picture. We'll draw them like that. Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania Republicans took another stab at blocking a court-ordered congressional map on Thursday by filing a new lawsuit that asks a three-judge federal panel to step in. The suit comes one day. After GOP leaders in the state said they had filed an emergency request asking the U.S. Supreme Court to block the new map. In January, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court struck down the congressional map that had been in place in 2011, saying it gave Republicans such a considerable advantage over Democrats that it violated the state's constitution. Now, this is really about the election clause in the Constitution, which states that each state has the right to draw its own congressional maps. And the only way they can be thrown out is by the United States Congress. Okay, but in this case, in this state, the court itself, okay, was given the right. There are seven members of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, five of whom are Democrats, and all five of them voted to throw it out. Two of the two Republicans didn't. And basically the argument that, People like Toomey and this guy Dush, I was talking about, Chris Dush, Mm -hmm. I believe his name is. Okay. What they are saying is that they don't want to happen to them what they did to the Democrats. Yeah, right. No, no. Right. (laughs) They don't want that to happen. Yes. Okay. And they're really afraid of it. The the, the real fear is, of course, this is a, uh, you know, this is an election year. This is an off-year election. And, of course, this is going to be the year, you know, you've got, what? 300 and some odd women running for Congress. You know, Toomey wouldn't even be there if uh, if he hadn't run that shitty-ass campaign against Katie, uh, Kate McGinty. Shady Katie, is that what he called her? Shady Katie. This is a personal friend uh, of the family to some degree. My uh, Steve's sister knows her from law school, is that it? Yeah, they went to law school together. And Katie's like a genuinely good person. That's the thing. Okay, she has spent she wasn't she in India for a while doing some shit for for like under she literally has spent a lifetime doing good things for people. And the problem is with Democrats, we haven't learned how to be brutal and empathetically and empathetic and win at the same time. 
We don't know how to play their game. Nope. We don't know how to beat the shit out of people, so we end up losing. Yep. You know, I, I, this well, is. Well, they, they, they win by cheating, like, the, like gerrymandering and, gerrymandering, li- and lying yeah. all the time and, and the misinformation and, and naming bills the opposite of what they really do and right, shit that was like the, that. Uh, the solar panel uh, everything, thing. All right, that everything, solar panel everything is a, a slimy, everything is underhanded. Uh, you know, that's how they win. And the Democrats, you, you can't, you can't wear the white hats and be the cheaters. You, that's the and I keep saying that yeah. and unfortunately in this day and age you can't wear the white hats and win uh, that's the way of the world yes sadly and However. if you do it any other way then basically there's a word for that the word is hypocrite right and you know right. as much as the thing is is that uh, at this point I have now gotten to a stage where I'm not as concerned about the label of hypocrisy as I am about being a hypocrite as long as it makes the legislature comprised of people who are going to be doing the right thing for the most people. That's what, what elected officials, they're supposed to do what is in the best interest of at least 51% of their constituency. That's what they're hired to do. They're not mm. hired to do what's in the best interest of the people that finance their campaign. And that's what they are, in fact, doing these days. So that kind of sucks shit. Um, you know, there's this guy, Toomey, you know, your dad, who is not a, your dad. Let's just say that a Pennsylvania Republican told me at dinner the other night, okay, that Pat Toomey's a piece of shit. Said that. That's a, is that a quote? Is that a direct quote from, from your dad? He is a piece of shit. And let's just say that the person that said this, okay, is not exactly a liberal. Would we, would we, no, not at all? Okie doke. So there you go. All right, uh, this one caught my eye just for fun. National Enquirer, hide story about Trump and Playmate. You hear about this one? The, yeah, uh, yeah. That one, you know, basically the National Enquirer, the people that own the National Enquirer, which is, they're, they're right up here in Palm Beach County because, you know, I have a good friend. I have a friend of mine who's the only person to have an article in the National Enquirer, the Globe, and what was the, uh, I can't remember the other one, but he had one in all three in the same week. All three are published by the same company, all of these tabloids, all right? And they've always been a uh, Trump, they've always been the Trump camp, National Enquirer, mm-hmm. okay? Well, what they did was when the story came out about him having an affair about with this uh, playmate, what the National Enquirer did in their infinite wisdom is they paid the playmate for her story mm. but it had but what what the deal was is that it was theirs and theirs alone right and so then what they did is as opposed to post you know publishing it they quarantined they it yeah whoops because that's that's their politics you know that they're a they're right. a fascist nazi outlet yeah that's... this guy who is on yes <laughs> this guy that's on tv right i'm now, sorry you know? was i redundant there I said, did <laughs> yeah repetitively redundant yeah. this guy who was on tv calling for you know he's got this thing about impeach trump he's a rich ex-hedge fund billionaire whatever okay when people do something like that the reason they are bound from revealing something is because if they do legally they have to give back the money they accepted all right why doesn't this billionaire give her the 150 grand let her tell the story find everybody who is being quarantined on their story because they don't want to give back the money pay them the money and have them all you know i thought about that and then it occurred to me his followers don't care no they don't care they're not going to care there's 35 percent of this country that just doesn't give a shit 
anymore. And I'm going to tell you something. The hypocrisy that is going on now, at some point or another, I am going to rub it in people's faces ad infinitum on Facebook. I am going to go on there and go on a tirade one day, okay, when they start complaining. You know, when they start doing exactly what now is the time. This is now, of course, is the time when we all need to come together. Can't. Why are you guys ranking? This is the time not for division. That was what Obama did. He was the most yes, divisive, divisive president. Oh, yes. He said the, everybody should hate everybody. He's the most divisive yeah. president in history. Now we need to come together. You know what? How about this? I think we need to come together around 2020. Yeah, right around 20. As a matter of fact, I think we need to come together on January the 21st. 2021 that's our coming together time how about that you know i was just thinking obama was divisive as after all he he divided all of the bigots from the rest of us <laughs> and they they stood right up and identified themselves as if there that. was a doubt they removed all of it yes yeah right there is yeah there is no doubt anymore and i've i've been saying for the last year that i really don't you know i'm trying i'm trying so hard so hard not to be like that, because I've got friends that are, you know, voted for Trump, and to me, they're not bigots in their heart; they're bigots in their heads. No, I don't they, think they don't, they don't think people, they don't think they're bigots. Yeah, but I don't think the, you know, these people that I know, I don't think they go home at night, sit down around the dinner table, and complain about the niggers and spicks taking away their jobs. That, that, that's not bigotry. That's racist. No, it doesn't take that to be a bigot. If you have a preconceived opinion, if you put people into groups I know, and then have a preconceived opinion but they don't, based on that. they don't, because these are the same this, people they, I've hung out with with a whole bunch do. of black and Hispanic that's people. Not, it, it, it might not be isolated or selected to that, but they do. They, they, they all feel that they are better than other people based on the, the, well, the, the real crux of this is that I hate to think of myself as somebody didn't, that didn't have good enough judgment to know who a bigot was before becoming friends with them. That's part well, of they it. don't run around waving a bigot flag. Well, sometimes actually, they do. yeah, sometimes they, they do. They do these do. days. These days, yeah, it's all the rage. You know the Trump bumper sticker, the uh, you know the the fucking you know the, Trump the, the flag representing the war of the, northern the, the aggression. Mega. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. All right, guns. You ready? Really? No, I thought we were just doing the news. Okay. Guns. <laughs> okay. Guns. All right. Yeah. I heard a uh, a line from somebody on one of the talk shows where on Fox, the guy said, look, you can forget about um, outlawing the purchase of semi-automatic rifles like the AR-15. It's never going to happen. My question is, why not? Why not? What's stopping it from happening? What's stop? I mean, you know, and the argument that... What's the difference? There's already tons of them out there. Okay, but at least this way there won't be more of them. That's that's where mm-hmm. I think. Okay, I have no problem with somebody buying a gun like that, but I think it should be like if you want to get a motorcycle or mm-hmm. drive a long haul truck, you have to get a special license for that. You have to prove that you're capable of doing it. Okay, and people always say things. The the, the argument about you know more people are killed in cars. Okay, yeah, and you have to get a license to get one. Well, that's not in the Constitution. Yeah, cars weren't invented yet. Mm-hmm. For that matter, neither was electricity. You want me, okay, to believe that the taking away anybody's right to in any way purchase any firearm because some 17th, you know, some 18th century guy in pantaloons said so, okay, I think that's ridiculous. They're weighing 
the freedom, you know, you can't talk about freedom and exclude the freedom from somebody of being shot to death for no reason, which is exactly what happened in Parkland. I'd like to opt out of getting shot to death. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I'm going to unclick that box. I, you know, the, the argument about slippery slopes and people Mm. always like, you know, if you start doing it, it's a slippery slope. Let me tell you something. This whole argument of the, the contention that we should be arming, we should have armed guards at, uh, at schools. Okay. How about this slippery slope? What's next? Armed guards everywhere? Armed guards for every store. Armed guards, which I'm sure the NRA, NRA would love. Guns, 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 and more guns. Why can't we have nice things except for guns? It's, you know, guns we can have. That we can have. That's the slippery slope. Not the slippery slope of freedom being taken away. Okay? We have taken away all kinds of freedoms that were originally you know, put in the Constitution because progress has enabled us to either make them irrelevant or understand their you know, the destruction they can do. Okay? The Constitution gave blacks listed blacks as three fifths of a person. You can't go back to an original document and say this is the only thing that matters and at the same time, okay, not have a problem with other parts of that same document being abridged, rearranged, rewritten, taken out, or having parts added into it. You can't do that. Once again, there's a word for that. I believe it's called hypocrisy. These are buffet constitutionalists, the same way the people you hate, buffet Bibleists. Yeah, well, that's all of them. You know, yeah, it's all of them. You know, gays are bad. You know, all right, well, do I yeah. do I have the right to stone my brother John to death on the edge of town for planting different crops next to each other? Yeah. For wearing yeah, different threads? It's the not- touching of a pig, pig is a sin punishable by death. Yeah. Well, scrap football. Ow. Sorry. <laughs> and, you know, you're... You know, I see where you're coming. The gun thing. Well, you're you're not you don't. It's it's not. I don't think your 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 take on my position is uh, accurate. Okay, but it it, it is <clears throat> it is more like an acknowledgement of the the the, the landscape uh, and the reality in which we live and how woven in, into our culture the gun DNA not is woven and inbred. I believe is the term it's, you're it's, looking okay, for. Okay, okay, fine, but. N- nevertheless, and it has to do with with the history of how America was was expanded. When we think of you know how the West was won, that's west of everything but the original colonies was was largely a free for all where people you're of European descent went out there with their guns and shot the bears and the engines and each other because there was no law. So it's it's very difficult for a good percentage of the population to conceive of. A, a world where they're not free to own these things. It's it's a it's a generational thing, and Americans have a tendency to ignore, indeed, indeed, purposefully uh, defy laws that they feel uh, infringe on their rights. For example, uh, drugs for the most part are illegal, and you don't see anybody doing that. They made alcohol illegal once upon a time, and everyone stopped drinking, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> and absolutely no one benefited from the prohibition laws. No unsavory people rose to great power and prominence because of this law that said that people couldn't drink. Everyone stopped drinking, and no gangsters were formed, and everything was great. Laws don't have magical powers. It would be great. Would that the laws had magical powers, and everyone would stop buying assault weapons and turn in the ones that they had. Would that a law that said that we should do those things had the effect that the makers intended from your mouth to God's ears. So basically but, what you're saying is, is that America. if we outlaw if we outlaw the sale uh, of AR I, I am I am we saying, outlaw the sale of AR fifteens. This, okay that that's gonna this create, is, immediately create a black market immediately immediately right. the, later that day. Yeah. Guess later, what? Uh, I disagree. But, okay. First of all but and second These are about, dude, by the way how are you gonna dude, Dude, there's a gun. There's a gun black market now. That's right. But you know what? To do nothing. No, no. I I agree. Do something. Do everything you can. All right. I'm agreeing with your argument. Do everything that you can. However, knowing and being aware of where you live and knowing the resistance that you're going to meet, and you ought to do everything that you can. In every other respect, and and those are the things that address the problem in its totality, which is what the fuck are – what's with these assholes? What the fuck is the assholes? Because the assholes find a way. Yes. They poison water supplies. They use dynamite. They use motor oil and fertilizer like Tim McVeigh did, who was a gun nut, by the way. Who was a gun nut with an arsenal who chose to use motor oil and fertilizer for his thing? We need to address these gun nuts. And you know, we're never going to address the nuts, the nuttiness, the mental illness issue if we don't win some fucking elections. Well, I agree. Yes. Absolutely. Right? Look, we, we were just talking about that. Because I why like, don't how about this, how about, Let's pass something we all agree on. Why don't you hire like, therapists? To work at every for school. the next election an cycle, therapist at every school that the, every student is obligated to see once a month. For the next election cycle, the Democrats say this: Look, look, we're not going to pursue any gun legislation at all, at all, at all. None of us, none of us. We're not even going to talk about it. Give us fucking health care so that we can treat our gun wounds, though, will you? Please yes. give us health care so we can treat the fucking gun wounds. <laughs> the power of patriotism compels you. The power of patriotism Give us some money for health care, mental health care, and everything so that we can reduce the number of crazies with all these guns that you're not letting us pass any legislature against. All right? At least give us fucking that. Okay. All right. That's my point is is fight some battles that are all inclusive, that affect everybody that nobody can argue against. We need a doctor for Christ's sake. I got a flu or a gunshot wound. It doesn't matter. We need to win some elections. And by the way, this whole – I was listening to an NPR story, the change in the polls and the policy since this shooting and the kids and the activism. God bless you, the children. Yeah. God bless you, children. It, it, my, it is my sincerest wish that the gun issue would be an issue that the Democrats win elections with yeah. as opposed to lose elections with. Well, I'll right? tell you. My sincerest wish yeah. that this issue causes Democrats to win elections as this opposed to I, lose elections. Well, this is what I wrote about that. I said, let me see if I've got this straight. You're telling me that, con that continuing to allow the senseless murdering of children is preferable to enacting any law that could in any way infringe on any person's right to keep and bear arms because some guy in pantaloons said so back in the 1700s when one individual's senseless act of murdering 14 children would have required more strength, more skill, and way more time than it takes to empty an AR-15 clip and then another one and another one. Nice try, pal. But unless you're a devout Quaker, you're a hypocrite. Because you seem fine with the progress that enables you to happily stuff your face with cheeseburgers, even though you don't produce the food. But when it comes to the security of a free state, somehow progress is futile. And thus you and your trusty musket are now and will forever be necessary. 
I said, bro, you need to stop smoking the hemp that you grew on your own land for your own personal use, but that you still feel the need to insist on telling your government is just for making paper and headaches and such. I said, the, you know, the clusterfuck that is the current state of, uh, current state of our bought and paid for republic, no wonder today never seems to arrive for the democracy it swore to serve until we come up with ways to force elected officials to care more about the electorate than the than they do about the money that's used to persuade it we'll never get nice things such as practical laws based on modern reality just the same old wild wild west genuine frontier gibberish about slippery slopes in the second amendment and freedom and patriotism that we've always gotten we got to let them the rootin' tootin' cowboys know that torturing everyone left at the bar at 4 a.m. by playing proud to be an American on the jukebox doesn't single you all out as a true patriot. It makes you a douchebag with no taste in music who feels the need to try and convince everyone, including himself, that he's really a super-duper proud American. Let me be perfectly clear. I love America. And if the freedom I cherish as a citizen means I have to suffer the pain of hearing Lee Greenwood from time to time, I can live with that. What I can't live with is getting shot by someone. At the end of the day, as skeptical as I should have come to be, the absolute certainty that I have in my herd's intrinsic virtue is what basically makes me a sucker like everybody else who, for the umpteenth time, holds out optimism that the latest tragedy will be the one that changes us enough so that we're able to stop the next one before it inevitably happens. The sad truth is that we're is that until we're capable of collectively summoning the patience of an adult democracy, our nation will forever be subject to the societal ailments which can only be cured through a generation's length of commitment. Let's hope that the Parkland generation commits itself to transforming their anguish into action long enough for them to get to a voting booth and implore them with every breath we can muster to set upon a lifetime of virtuosititutiveness. You like that one? Trademark. Okay. All right. In the hopes that they won't someday find themselves condemned to their forefathers' shame of having to rely on their children to accomplish what they themselves could have and should have accomplished a generation ago. So that's where I shake out. I just think that guns versus every every other example of ways to kill people in this day and age have become the go-to methodology that is it's just too easy and too random bombs you got to make a bomb poison you've got to put that someplace uh, and i understand he, that he, stopped, bad, he took a long time so did the vegas guy they stockpiled over a long time i'm sick you know? and tired of people telling me you know good people don't need laws and bad people will always find a way around the law. that bit of socratic gobbledygook you know that's what i bullshit no up until this why don't this, we just make it harder for bad people to find their way around the law sure they're still going to do it but let's at least make it more difficult am i going to stop every gun shooting no but if we enact the laws over time, over time, okay, they will lessen. That's where I shake out. I'm, I'm sincerely, I'm sincerely wishing you luck. <laughs> well, the uh, kids from Parkland came out with uh, what was that? They came out with Shine. That was that song, Shine. Mm-hmm. Shine or Shine On? Was it Shine? I don't remember. Yeah, because I have two different songs. I got Shine On and Shine. But we're gonna keep it going on the groove with Shine On on SoFloRadio.com.
themselves get into such bad shape and how the hell they thought they could turn it around just walking in here makes me queasy the brick walls the fucking mopes at the tables the musty smell i feel like buckner walking back into shed
foot is rocked back, the sound becomes mellow. This is how it should be done. 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 This is how it
Mothership, Ride the Sun from High Strangeness that came out last year. Those guys from Dallas, Texas. Actually, uh band kind of reminds me of uh, Greta Van Fleet. It's a uh, couple of brothers, Kyle Jewett and Kelly Jewett on bass and guitar. So another, you know, band that's out there right now just putting out straight up rock and roll. A couple of brothers there. So yeah, there you go. Mothership, Greta Van Fleet, carrying, you know, carrying the water for... Uh, for the gungadin of rock and roll, as it were, something like that. Uh, before that, the real Roxanne, not Roxanne Chante, this is the real Roxanne. Roxanne's on a roll, 1945, uh, 19, 1945, 1989 to 45. That was the uh, battle between the Roxannes. It was uh, Roxanne Chante versus uh, uh, the real Roxanne after uh, UTFO came out with Roxanne, Roxanne. Mm-hmm. There was then the Battle of the Roxannes. Uh, during a period of time. And before that, these guys are pretty cool. Mark Hype and Jim, Jim Dunloop. Uh, the song is called Wah Wah Wah. It's a 12-inch they came out with in 2008. These guys were a couple of DJs that basically, they got one guy who's spinning, you know, and then another mm. guy who's doing keyboard stuff at the same time. And they do a live, you know, they do that like at, you know, at a club. So it's pretty cool stuff. Those guys are from uh, Germany. And... Uh, Interesting stuff. You should check it out. Mark Hype and Jim Dunloop. Uh, for that, yeah, Buckner, back to Shea. <laughs> I can't help myself from Rounders. For that, Funk and Stein, WGTA, from their album The Band, came out in 2005. Those guys from Tel Aviv. Uh, they've actually got some new stuff uh, that just came out, so I'm going to be serving that up in future shows. For that, Aretha Franklin, can't go wrong, Save Me. From I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You. I played a uh, different version of that song. That was the uh, Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. Remember, I had to do my uh, musical Mia Culpa. I found a cool song. Well, the reason it's cool is because it was a cover of that, which is supremely cool. Aretha Franklin is a voice handed down from God. If there's a God, that's the guy who gave her a Yeah, voice. yeah. That, no, that song no is there. unbelievable. It's mixed by Tom Dow, one of the legends from Atlantic. And uh, let me see, who's on it? King Curtis plays uh, saxophone on that. I played stuff by him. I played... Uh, was it Memphis uh, Memphis Soul Stew, I think I played. Kicking off the set, Badlands, Shine On from Voodoo Highway. I played some stuff from that Jake E. Lee on guitar. He, of course, uh, played for a while with Ozzy Osbourne. That came out in 91. So I was reading about all the uh, State Department and Foreign Service positions. Yeah, that, that are uh, filled. Yeah, that haven't been filled by the Trump mm-hmm. administration, including a slew of ambassadorships. And a lot of these, I think, would be desirable. You know, these would be desirable positions and not too difficult to find somebody that's, you know, Senate confirmable to fill. And uh, I want to officially submit my name, okay, to be the next ambassador to Belize. We don't have an ambassador to Belize. I don't Belize it. (laughs) How hard can this fucking job be? Come on, man. I just, the ambassador to Belize. What do you know about Belize? I have a friend who lives there. Okay, well. You know, he's been living there for years. Look at the shirt. Look at the shirt. I see. There you go, there, Belize, you, right there. Totally can't. Some of the vacant ambassadorships we got: Iceland, Ireland, Bolivia, Egypt. What? Yeah, I'll take any of those. I know. Oh no, I've got the one for you. I already have. Here's one that's interesting: Cote d'Ivoire. Really? Yeah, it's Ivory Coast. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. A lot of lot of them in Africa. Here's yours. You ready? I'm ready. Jamaica. No, come on. All right, all right. I'll take Jamaica, but I'd rather have Ireland. I'd yeah, Ireland would be great. Ireland. Ireland's, Ireland's cool. Iceland. With all due respect to the Jamaicans, I love you. I love you. I oh, love yeah, your music. Yeah. I love your food. Saudi Arabia. We don't have an ambassador to Saudi Arabia. I don't want to go to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> neither, neither do I. Mongolia. 
Here's one. Nah. How about this one? See if you think. What do you think of this one? Sweden. Sure. Sweden. I love the Swedes. Sweden. Sweden's Here's great. one that's actually. I hear, their, I hear their food ain't so hot, though. The, the meatballs are good. stuff. Yeah. Here's one that's actually a little on the uh, dangerous side. We don't have an ambassador to Turkey. Mm. Okay. And there is, right now, what's going on is that uh, Erdogan is sending his troops have gone into the town of Manbij in Syria. Okay? And that is where we and the uh who is it? The uh, who are the Turks fighting in in house? Uh, the 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 Byzantine Empire. <laughs> but they're basically what Erdogan said because we have been um uh, propping up that town. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Erdogan said, "If you get in the way, we're going to go to war with you." Isn't now, it? It's Kurds, isn't it? Yeah, the Kurds. That's it. Thank you, the Kurds. Yeah. Okay, because he hates the Kurds. Okay, Erdogan yeah. is really going balls to the wall. I would like to uh, recommend my friend Celeste, who lives lives there. Colonel's daughter. She her her father. Okay, was the chief liaison at one point between the United States Army and the United Nations. Okay. I, there's a cool job for you. you know? Sure. So we need some ambassadorships. Here's one I thought was interesting, though. We actually have an ambassador to Vatican City. You know that? Vatican City, by the way. If, yeah. And, yeah. The uh, smallest nation, I believe, on earth and also home to the smallest army, mm-hmm. the Vatican City Army. So do you know who the uh, ambassador to uh, the Vatican City is? You're going to love this. This one, you are just going to absolutely love this I one. knew it at one time. But... Callista, Fla- Callista Gingrich. Callista oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But she's a freak. Yeah. You ever seen her? She is the former president and CEO of Gingrich Productions, a multimedia production consulting company. She's the author of Ellis the Elephant, a mm-hmm. ch- children's American history series and co-author of Rediscovering God in America. Miss Gingrich is also the producer of several historical documentary films. She has sung for two decades with the choir of the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. How do you come up with that name? You're okay. a Catholic. Start, Previously, a Catholic. Mrs. Gingrich served as congressional aide in the U.S. House of Representatives, and, of course, she's married to a scumbag. Right. Okay. Although it should be noted that uh, she was uh, Newt Gingrich. She was Newt's mistress. Oh, yeah. No, here, he, here you go. You ready? Oh, all right. I, I, was, I wrote that. I'm okay. curious to see how Il Papa... Mm-hmm. feels about her position at Vatican City, seeing as how she's the third wife of a man whom she carried on a six-year affair with while he was still married to his second wife, whom he eventually divorced after 19 years, and then, after marrying his third wife, promptly asked the Catholic Church to annul his second marriage based on the fact that his second wife had been previously married to someone else before him. That was his. That's mm-hmm. why he wanted it annulled. Right, right. Yeah. That's a good reason. I wonder, I wonder how, you know, the Holy Father feels about that. It should be noted that she was, uh, she had cancer. And, the second uh, wife. Oh, yeah. The second wife. Dumped her and, while, yeah. Right. And so she was cheating on her while she was getting her cancer treatments and uh, took the divorce papers into her hospital. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dying. She, she it's was literally dying. the. She wasn't dying fast enough to suit him. So she right. he visited her at a deathbed with the divorce papers. How, how do you send somebody like that? First of all, she looks crazy. She, oh, 
like, uh, what is that? That's an alien. That's that a, is a crazy That's movie. a series of facelifts where she just said, not tight enough, not tight enough. And that hair, it's like, it's, it's like Jimmy Johnson hair. She's a freak. It's never out of place. Yeah. It's, it's like she's, she's spackled pre- on. She's pretending to be a Christian. It makes me sick. I, you know, I just, I, I, I would love to, to see an interview with the Pope and bring this mm. up and say, so what do you think about that? Yeah. <laughs> so I was reading up a bunch of stuff that I thought would be interesting to you. And this is about freedom and our rights. Um, what do we have here? The Building America's Trust Act would amp up privacy concerns at the border. Civil libertarians say they're worried about mass surveillance expansion. If a new Senate Republican border security bill is passed as currently drafted, it would dramatically increase the amount of surveillance technologies used against immigrants and, in some cases, against American citizens traveling to and from the United States. Now, there have been a number of cases, okay, where people who were coming back into the country, American citizens, mm-hmm. okay, they had their um, iPhones. Yes. People, okay, they, the border security, uh, border patrol and whoever else, CPB, the, uh, you know, whoever these people are, okay, we're asking them to unlock their phones so yeah. that they could see what was in them. It is about to get tougher for car- cops to uh, and border agents to get at your iPhone's data. According to security experts who have reviewed early developer versions of the forthcoming iOS 11, law enforcement will soon have a harder time conducting digital forensic searches of iPhones and iPads. This move is possibly to enhance Fifth Amendment protections against Apple users. The changes were first reported last week. Uh, by a Russian software company. Mm. Okay. These changes are coming in conjunction with another privacy-minded feature that will disable Touch ID by pressing the power button five times. Prior to the latest version, okay, in order for an iOS device to be trusted by a computer, you had to go in and do you trust mm-hmm. this device? Right. Okay. Now they have found a way to, like, get rid of that. That's mm-hmm. going to be coming up. What, what, is, what brought this to my attention was a case involving a rancher who had been at odds with uh, he's, he's, his ranch literally is on the border in Texas. And he was walking around his 11,000-acre property or whatever it is mm-hmm. and discovered a camera that had been set up there. Oh, Ooh. how nice. Wow. And where was this? Where was this ranch? This is in uh, Texas. I actually have this, if I could find it somewhere. I actually have that actual article. Um, here it is. Man removes... Fed spy cam. They demanded it back. He refuses and sues. Okay. Last November, a 74-year-old rancher, an attorney, okay, he's also an attorney, was walking around his ranch just south of Encinal, Texas, when he happened upon a small portable camera strapped approximately eight feet high onto a mesquite tree near his son's home. Hmm. The camera was encased in green plastic and had a transmitting antenna. Not knowing what it was or how it got there, this guy, Ricardo Palacios, removed it. Soon after, uh, Palacios received phone calls from Customs and Border Protection, CP, CBP, mm-hmm. officials, and the Texas Rangers. Each agency claimed that claimed the camera as its own. Okay, so oh. it was claimed by two different agencies. All right. All right, so right off the bat. That wow. means that that means that there are other that there are two agencies putting cameras on his property. Right. Okay. And they, both and they demanded that it be returned. This guy Palacios refused, and they threatened him with arrest. Palacios had run-ins with local agents going back several years, 
took the camera as the last straw. He was tired of agents routinely trespassing on his land, and even after complaining several times, he was frustrated that his grievances were not being heard. As a possible way to ward off threat of arrest, he sued the two agencies along with a named agent, Mario Martinez. Palacios accused them of trespass and violating his constitutional rights. Uh, The lawyer said, my client is 74 years old. He's a lawyer. He's been practicing for almost 50 years. He has no criminal history whatsoever. He's a law-abiding citizen uh, and a respected lawyer and senior citizen. Uh, To have put him on, to have put him in jail would have been, forget about the indecency of it, a way to end the career. The camera remains in this guy's custody. The federal lawsuit has raised thorny questions about the limits of the government's power to conduct surveillance in the name of border security on private property without the landowner's permission. As a matter of policy, CBP does not comment on pending litigation. Isn't that? That's always the way mm-hmm. it is. Okay. Um, also, the Texas Department of Public Safety also uh, declined to, uh, to comment. In court filings, Texas officials have claimed qualified immunity, which is a legal doctrine that protects law enforcement officials. Okay. Um, now, qualified immunity is a type of legal immunity, okay? It basically says uh, qualified immunity balances the two important interests, interests, the need to hold public officials accountable when they exercise power irresponsibly, and the need to shield officials from harassment, distraction, and liability when they perform their duties reasonably. Okay, that sounds, mm-hmm. sounds fair Reasonable. enough, right? Specifically. Qualified immunity protects government officials from lawsuits alleging that the official violated a plaintiff's rights, only allowing suits where, where officials violated, quote, clearly established statutory or constitutional right. When determining whether or not a right was clearly established, mm-hmm. courts consider whether a hypothetical, reasonable official would have known that the defendant's conduct violated the plaintiff's rights. Courts conducting this analysis apply the law that was enforced at the time of the alleged violation not um what it is now qualified immunity is not immunity from having to pay money damages Aha. um let me see but rather immunity from having to go through the cost of a trial at all according accordingly courts must resolve qualified immunity issues as early in the case as is possible preferably before the discovery phase Qualified immunity only applies to suits against government officials as individuals, not suits against government for damages caused by the officials' actions. So basically, this guy, Martinez, Mm -hmm. that is being sued, he can't – the Palacios can't sue CBP. So he has to sue the individuals. And this is is where we're at now. This is what's going on, and it's taking place because it's about – what what's really happening now is um, the Building America's Trust Act, okay, of the seven law enforcement advocacy agencies that have already endorsed this legislation, uh, Texas Border Sheriff and blah, 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 confirmed that the bill, which is uh, 1757, matches the listing of the Library of Congress. According to the draft text, a slew of advanced surveillance technologies would be deployed at the border, including more use of drones, Increased recording and storage of various, quote, biometric exit data. The bill would also require that some aliens who are ordered to be removed 
would be subject to mandatory DNA collection, among other heightened scrutiny measures. Until, quote, until our borders are fully secure, the current system will continue to reward people who enter our country illegally over those who follow the law. Now, this is the thing. Okay, people who are coming back into the country who are citizens are being forced very rudely, according to a number of the stories that I read, Mm -hmm. to open up their iPhones. We want to know who you were in touch with when you were in Mexico Mm. or basically not in America. Were you in touch with El Coyote? El Coyote. El Chapo. So I thought you would find this interesting. It is is very interesting because I hate the uh, the whole surveillance thing. But hey, as long as they're only messing with the beaners, I don't care. That's the whole thing, though. They're not. This... Is the oh, so we want to talk about a slippery slope? Yeah. Oh, oh. Here's oh, your fucking yeah. Here's I'm your, sliding. Yeah. Here's your fucking slippery slope right here, because this is the first step towards saying, well, on any government property, any good mm. parks, national parks, national parks, we should be able to record biometric data for the people that are in there. We should be able to ask anybody that's on government property or coming back into the United States of America to tell us everything they did and who they've been in contact with. How's that for a taking away of freedom? Yeah. All right? So I thought that was in our lawsuit. Uh, let me see. This is interesting. Our lawsuit, the, the Palacios thing, is, uh, the lawyer said, our lawsuit is that we want a federal judge to tell the Border Patrol and the feds not to go onto Palacios's property without permission or probable cause. And if you and if you all are going to keep doing that, you're going to have to pay for it. It's called the right to be left alone. That's what the Fourth Amendment is all about. Yeah. Unwarranted search and seizure. Basically right. they're they're trespassing on his land, putting up cameras, and doing it under the premise of try of saying they're trying to stop people from illegally coming in. All right, why don't you put up the cameras at the border? Like on the border facing Mexico. You don't have to put them on his property. You want to build a wall? Build a wall of cameras. Mm. And now what they're doing is they're trying to say they're trying to fund it. The the qualified immunity thing says they can buy uh uh like cheap cameras at like a store. Mm-hmm. They're trying to save money by doing that. That's how they're they're budgeting it in in Texas. They're gonna buy them cheaply at like, you know, Radio Shack. Seriously, right. these are Radio Shack cameras they're putting up. They put a little antenna there, and they're all, and then they go through them. I know it's quite remarkable, you know. On the other hand, of course, yeah, that's so they're going to have to find that money in the budget. They'll take it out of schools. On the other hand, the F thirty five jet project is one hundred fifty billion dollars over budget. Yeah, one hundred fifty billion over budget. That we need. We mm-hmm. need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need that because McDonnell Douglas, their shareholders, need to return a quarterly profit. Maybe they could park one in front of all the schools as a deterrent measure. You know, we'll shoot you with a missile. Yeah. Unpo- I, I still think that we, we shouldn't put – we don't need to arm teachers. What we need to do is spend money and have every public school have an in-house psychologist whom every yeah. student should meet with once a month for one hour. Yeah. And that – okay. And, you know, that should be something that they have to do. Yeah. They thwart, you know, let's ward off problems before they begin. You got a problem Absolutely. with mental illness? That's how you spot it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Spend money on that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Because the other way is just fe- is, is feeding right into the NRA's plan. More yep. guns for more people. The mental health thing? Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, who, who's well? I mean, the Republicans are going to oppose anything, any tax dollars for anything like that. But uh, I, I, I really because they you uh, on this because they keep saying whenever there's a shooting like this, oh, it's a mental health issue. It's a mental health issue. Well, you can't have it both ways, buddy. Yeah. All right. You it's can. either a gun issue, or, and if it's a mental health issue, then we need to address the mental, mental health. health. You got to let us address one or the other. Right. And if you're concerned about schools. Okay. Yeah. Then you need to put a psychologist who's the, you know, uh, uh, an advisor, you know. Yep. You have well, all these people. It needs to be a qualified, licensed, somebody went to school for this. Yep. Okay. And you need to do that. There's mm-hmm. jobs. How about that for a job? Yeah. Okay. How about that for a job? And yeah, I'm okay with having local police, whoever the local police force is, okay, making sure that they. Keep a car out in front um, when school is, you know, starting at the beginning mm-hmm. of the day. And the car when school lets out. I'm okay with that. I'm all right. Let's have a couple of cops there. Regular cops. Not like armed SWAT members, mm-hmm. which is what I think they're talking about here. Having like not a, a local policeman, but like a specifically designated armed guard. Armed guard. Okay. How are we going to sue them? Right. What are we going to do if they go crazy? Right. What happens when they fucking lose a, you know, lose a... Yeah, sometimes they do. Yeah, unbelievable. So there you go. They're taking away one set of rights and trying to ensure that another set of bullshit rights don't get taken away. That's the way I feel about it. Sorry yeah, man. about... Hey, man. Look, you and I basically don't want this shit to go on. We don't. We would. It would be a much safer society if we got rid of all of these things. Yes. All right. No. No question about it. Uh, but if we it lived takes in time, if we lived in Nerf City, if the city made of Nerf, there would still be murder because there would still be assholes. We ought to while we're trying Let's to. Just, I just want to make it harder. I just want to make it harder for assholes to do what they're doing. Uh, okay. I want to, and I want to address the asshole situation. I'm, but I, I'm not disagreeing with your making uh, it harder for the assholes. Not okay. disagreeing with it at all. Okay. Well. Then this is a perfect, uh, perfect yeah. lead to the next song, which is Deal with the Preacher by Bad Company on the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
Life goes on. A man become preeminent. He is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. <laughs> Man stands alone at a plate. This is the time for what? For individual achievement. There he stands alone. But in the field, what? Part of a team. Looks, throws, catches, hustles, part of one big team. Bats himself to live long day. Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, and so on. <laughs> Team don't field. What is he? Not you follow me? Yeah. No one. Sunny day stands up full of fans. What does he have to say? I'm going out there for myself. <laughs> But I get nowhere unless the team wins. <laughs> Take lines and lines and another.
Tones, The Witch. You must be a witch from Lysergic Emanations. That was their first CD, a classic, if ever there was one before that. The Ensorcialization continues unabated. Calibro 35 with Space from the album Space came out in 2015. Before that, the dulcet tones of Vince Scully calling the best, the, the best play, the best play that ever happened in baseball history. Slow roller down the first baseline against my Buckner. That was it. That's how the Mets won in 1986. Love that. Before that, the Funk Junkies B-Boy Hard injected to the album from 1995. I saw those guys. remember them uh, back when I was living out in Phoenix, Arizona. That came out in 95. Before that, yeah, another band I'm kind of, you know, getting into these days. It's the second time I played these guys. Elm Treason. song is Too Sweet from Acoustic Sedition, which is their latest album. And the sublime mix into that. From the Untouchables, of course. Yeah, oh, there it is. De Niro doing Capone. Crack of the bat, baby. That's how you signal stuff. Before that, the Grey Boy All-Stars. Pigeons underwater from what happened to television. That's got uh, called Denson. is in on that. Those guys out of San Diego and kicking off the set. Bad company deal with the preacher from Straight Shooter. I actually had a uh, chance to meet Paul Rogers uh, I don't know, a couple years ago at the 80s Rock Fest and thanked him for, you know, being part of the soundtrack of my life made me smile. Time for me to take care of the people who take care of me. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah? Precision Auto Works of Pompano Beach, Florida. 954-247-9362. Any make, any model. Bumper to bumper. Dave and the entire ASE certified crew. They are ready to lube your chassis, flush your tranny, or anything else your internal combustion baby's got a uh, fetishized hankering for. Mention the Groovathon when you go there because there is a discount. Not that you're going to need it, but it sure don't hurt to get it. Because you see, Dave is truly a rare breed. He is an auto mechanic who insists on getting the job done to perfection while actually caring more about your wallet than his. You okay. Know, that's, that's a little, uh, that's a little, that's a rare. That's a, yes. That is a rare breed and a right there. A rare breed for sure. Of course, you can go to the SoFloRadio.com site. 
click on the box on the top row that says Tony C's SoFlow Groovathon, and that will immediately take you to my much faster loading page. Thank you. I appreciate you doing that for me, George. Where every Groovathon ever done is available to be listened to or downloaded for free. Because while some of the chit-chat may be a little taxing, the groove is priceless. <laughs> Above the link for each show, you're going to see a list of the tracks played on the show. So you'll be able to say, see every song that we have ever played. At the top of the page, you're going to see a link for Precision Order Works. Takes you right to their site. Everything you need to know is right there. Easy to get to. Right off I-95 at Atlantic and Pompano Beach. You take Atlantic West to the first light, which is Andrews. You make the a left on Andrews, then a right at the very first light you come through, which is 3rd Street. Two blocks up on the left. It's literally 60 seconds off the highway. 954-247-9362. Precision Auto Works of Pompano Beach, Florida. It is absolutely the place where people who love their cars take their cars. A little hang time there. A little hang time there. On the subject of people who take care of me, shout out to my brother, Dan, who has hooked me up with backstage passes for this Wednesday's Dixie Dreg show in Clearwater. I am pumped. I'm fucking pumped. I've been pumped about this for months now. All right? I am pumped out the yin-yang to go to this show. It is the uh, first show for this tour of the 40th anniversary of the original lineup of the Dixie Dregs, who started down here in 1975 at uh, University of Miami School of Music. At the same time they were there, was uh, Jaco Pastorius was enrolled there, Pat Metheny, Bruce Hornsbury. So there were uh, there were some people, you know, getting their uh, getting their swirl on at the time. When I moved out to Hawaii. I moved out there with nothing, and I literally uh, didn't even have a car, and I had no stereo, I had no nothing. I moved out with like two duffel bags full of clothes, and my friend calls me up one day, and he goes, uh, you want to come with me to town? I didn't even have a car. He goes, you want to come into Kona with me? I got to go get some books for school. Great, we go, and there's only one major outlet there. Uh, was uh, Borders, Borders Books and Records, mm-hmm. so we go to Borders, <clears throat> He goes to buy his book. I wander upstairs to the CD department. Wandering around, there's the Steve Moore section. Oh, my God, brand new Steve Moore CD had come out, you know, within the last couple of months. I instinctively just grab it, mm-hmm. go up, pay for it. Now, it's a $16 CD here. In Honolulu, it's 20 or In Honolulu, it's 18 But on the big island, it's 20 It's like everything is just way, way, way more expensive. Now, as I'm standing in line... It occurs to me, I'm about to spend 20 bucks on a CD that I have nothing to listen to it on. I didn't have anything to listen to. I didn't have a computer, right. no stereo, no nothing. So I go over to my friend and go, yo, we got to go to Walmart. So I go to Walmart. I buy a $30 boombox. Mm-hmm. I'm using that term liberally. Okay, But I buy a $30 boombox. You know, it's got a little thing to play CDs on. So basically, I spent 50 bucks to listen to one CD. I had nothing else. No other CDs. That's it. One. Just that one. It was the Steve Morris Band CD outstanding in their own field. A couple of weeks later, I started calling people and letting them know I had moved to Hawaii. I basically did this on a whim. I didn't let anybody know. I just moved and then told people, hey, by the way, I no longer live in Florida. I live in Hawaii. Okay? And I called my brother. And my brother, I tell my brother the story of how I just spent 50 bucks on a CD. And then I have one CD and I did it just so I could listen to that CD. Over and over again. Now, that didn't bother me that much because it was a Steve Moore CD. So I was, you know, grooving on it hardcore. And I tell him about this, and he informs me at that time that Rod Morgenstein and the the band Winger, as well as its individual members, uh, Kip Winger, 
okay, and Rob Morgenstein, who's the drummer, are also are clients of his. They, oh, how nice. Yeah, they are clients of Modern Works Publishing for their copyright and publishing, uh, you know, for you know, so they can get the money that they deserve when people use their songs. And I immediately I start parading. I'm like, how could you have not told me this? You know what a huge fan I am. Then I shifted gears into begging him to send me whatever he has mm. laying around. Okay. <clears throat> About three weeks later, I get in the mail from my brother two CDs. One is the Rod Morgenstein, Jordan Rudis Project CD, and Rod Morgenstein had autographed it for me. The other was a CD copy that obviously had, like, existed for a while of a CD called The Great Spectacular, which was the album that the original members of the Dixie Dregs made in 1975 when they were still at University of Miami's School of Music. This was their first CD. This is how they got on the map. It was the producer of the Allman Brothers who heard that album and signed them to Capricorn Records at the time. And that CD was autographed by all four of the original members of the Dixie Dregs. Now, at the time that I got those two CDs, they meant everything to me because I had no other CDs. That was it. I, I, by then, I had like bought like three or four CDs at the swap meet. You know, I mm-hmm. had a few, but to get that in the mail, and I figured that Danny already had a copy of that autographed by them. Mm-hmm. You know, he had it because you know in the biz, and he had just basically gotten Rod to you know sign a little to Tony all thank you know thanks Tony blah 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 all the best as Tony to Tony all the best something like that. And, you know, like Steve Morris photographed, he drew a picture of a little guitar on there, and Andy West and Alan Sloan and Rob Morgenstein all autographed it separately, okay? And I figured that Danny had had it all along, and it wasn't until about six months ago that I found out that what Dan had done is he had called Rod and told him of my plight, told him that I had just spent 50 bucks to listen to one Steve Morris band CD, and Rod had taken a CD, a copy of The Great Spectacular, and he had sent it around to the other three members for them to autograph so that they could send it to me. Which, you know, it, it's literally, that's one of those things. Like, I've got, I'm, I'm an incredibly lucky guy. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'm the luckiest motherfucker on the planet. I fell ass backwards into greatness with you. I get to live the dream. Okay, right on. But I'm incredibly lucky. I'm incredibly lucky. And I've received a lot of gifts throughout the years, tangible and intangible. This one, you know, it, it, it meant so much to me at the time that I got it because I was getting, you know, just to get that CD that I already had memorized. I had it, you know, in my computer somewhere, but I didn't have a computer yet. I had it in a hard drive somewhere. So that meant so much to me at the time. I'll never be able to thank them enough. And I am going to the show this Wednesday in Clearwater. I'm going up there with my friend Howie. We're going to drive one up. Got great seats. Um, and I just found out that I'm getting hooked up with backstage passes Ooh. for this. And it's the first show of the tour. And he, Rod sent me an email saying, hey, the combined age on stage, over 300 years. 
Okay, I was like, what are you fucking trying to outdo the Rolling Stones? You can't beat the Rolling Stones, okay? They're always going to be a few years ahead of you. Deal with the, deal with the pain. They're always going to be 350, 360. You're about 320. All right? But that is, uh, I posted a picture of the CD on mm-hmm. the Steve Morse page fan site or whatever. And all these people were like, oh, how'd you get this? Well, that's how they was like, you have to tell us how you got this. So I wrote it down. I, I wrote the story mm-hmm. about how I wound up getting this CD. And when Danny told me six months ago, okay, within the last six months, that in fact, you know, this is how it had come to be, you know, it was all I could do to keep from crying at the time. Because, you know, these guys, for as brilliant as they are at what they do, they're incredibly humble. Rod's like, Rod, the, the song that I played, uh, that I'm going to be playing in the next set, there's a song in there from a band called Platypus. And Rod Morgenstein is one of these guys where people, if you go onto YouTube, there are all these drummers around the world that do his bits. They will, this is the Rod Morgenstein thing from this song. And it's like, that's how you know. And this song, the song I'm going to be playing, Platypus, from the band Platypus, okay, this particular drum piece in there is like one of these pieces that is used in training and in teaching videos. They actually use it. Mm. That's how good these guys are. And they they did this for me. You know? Was That's it easy great. for them to do? Sure. But you know what? There are a lot of people out there that are jackasses, that are jerks. You've met them. There are people yeah, in the business couple. that are that are, you know, and they did that. And it's still to this day one of the coolest things I've ever been given in my life. And I am super duper grateful and super duper psyched. You know what that means? Time for the drive groove. And it is going to be fueled by the dregs on SoFloRadio.com.
Hey, this is Rod Morgenstein from the Dixie Dregs and Winger, and you're listening to Tony C's Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
Panthers and no teats. Eddie or 13 pound pipe brutally slaughtered for their duck like Bill.
you go, baby. The Bash from the Dixie Drakes. That uh, version is from California Screaming. The uh, first version I'm aware of of that was from uh, the live side from the Montreux Jazz Festival they did on uh, Night of the Living Drakes. Boy, that platypus doing plat opus. That is uh, it's from their uh, CD when Push Comes to Show. It's basically the same band as the Jelly Jam. So it's uh, Ty Tabor on guitar, you know, from King's X. Uh, John Young from Dream Theater on bass. Uh, Rob Morgenstein on drums, and they also had a keyboard player on that. That song, Plat Opus, is like this song that drummers around the world, okay? Mm. I can't, I, I was on, I went onto YouTube. There have got to be uh, 20 different videos of various people playing the drums, just the drum part from that song. Like they just, they just keep doing it over and over again. I can't, you know, it happens to be one of those things they, they all get into, which is, testimony to exactly how good Rob Morgenstein is because he plays with a band like Platypus. He plays with the Dregs. He also plays with Winger. plays with Jazz is Dead. This guy plays every style. He was modern drummer's best progressive drummer five straight years after which they made him ineligible. Then he also won best all around in 99. Steve Morris, of course, best all around guitar player and guitar player magazine for five straight years after which he was made ineligible. Otherwise, he'd still be fucking winning it. For that, Steve Moore's band doing the Travis Walk, which is a Stevie Ray Vaughan song, and that is the version from the uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan tribute album, kicking off the set, kicking off the drive groove, the Dixie Drakes, the great spectacular from California Screaming, from, came out in 2000, I remember that live album came out, so there you go, 83 in the books, I am psyched, whooped, I'm like 48 hours away from the show I've been looking forward to for months, I, I told somebody, I said, you know, I gotta drive, it's like a four-and-a-half-hour drive or some shit up there, mm-hmm. at least. Up to, you know, it's like by Tampa. I said, I can't think of another band I'd drive more than an hour for. Well, there you go. You know? I also, I'm bummed that they didn't come down here. I, I sent an email trying to convince him that it would be a good thing for them to come down here and, like, do, like, a surprise show where it all started in Miami, you know, because that would be a great thing. It would also be a hell of a lot closer to me. Right. <laughs> so, but such was not to be so hopping in the car is what i got to do well then that's what i'm gonna freaking do so there you go we're gonna get you out of here on another uh song you know pretty much uh dedicated to the parkland thing i mean we're right here in broward county so this really you know locally mm-hmm. this one hits home you know i live what what are you what are we about 15 20 minutes away i'm, I'm about 15 minutes from parkland Oh yeah, yeah, you're very close. Yeah, I'm much. I'm closer. You're about what twenty five, thirty minutes, but still thirty. 30 it's minutes. Broward County. Yeah, it's not our county, and, and it is Broward isn't a big county size wise. It's no. not, and you know, not that not that it matters where it took place, okay, as opposed to the fact that it did take place, but because it took place so close to where we are, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people that we run into that we know that have personal connections to this. It's a huge school part, you know, that school. Yeah, there's like two thousand students or some shit like that. Yeah. It's a very large school. So, you know, it's a crying shame. It really is. Let's hope we can, uh, like I said, let's hope that the uh, the steam that's behind this right now, mm-hmm. you know, to get changes made. Yeah. Whatever those Absolutely. changes are. Absolutely. Whatever those changes are. Absolutely. You know, I want sure. what I want, but at this point, I'll sure. fucking settle for anything that's a move in the right direction. Great. Anything sure. that's a move in the right direction. That doesn't involve arming teachers. Arming teachers. That's stupid. That's absolutely I have yet to hear a teacher insane. come out in support of it. 
It's absolutely insane. I, I haven't heard one. Not it's one. Absolutely I haven't insane. heard a teacher. Come if they won't, they won't give the teachers a paycheck or school supplies, but they'll give them guns. I right. Mean, come on. You just, just stop. Now, yeah, right. The new tax bill. They, I know. They, they, we, they, we, we passed the, the, the ridiculous line a long time ago, so that's not even. Yeah, it really is. We, yeah, that's it. You know, you want the, the, the line of ridiculousness? Look behind you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're going to get you out of here with uh, the studio version of Bebop Deluxe doing Shine. Okay, one of my favorite songs. I love these guys. I've played two different uh, live versions of this over the course of the years. The one that's uh, that everybody's familiar with, which is uh, from uh, Live in the Air Age. And uh, I have another copy of it from a show they did in uh, Rhode Island, 1978. I played that as well. As always, though, for myself and the master, Lost Georges, it is peace and aloha. Good night, Mom.
Streaming live from the beautiful city of Hollywood, Florida, USA. This is SoFloRadio.com.